Shall we pray? Living God, may my spoken words be true to the written word and lead us to the living word, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I hope for each and every one of you that the Christmas excitement is over and you still have a fighting chance to remain true to your New Year's resolutions. You see, the resolutions that we make at the beginning of the year are self-directed and they are geared towards making us better people. You know, things like lose a bit of weight, go to the gym more often, read the Bible more often, perhaps, save a little bit more money this year, quit gossiping, that kind of thing. These resolutions are supposed to give us the feel-good factor. And so I hope with the dawn of a new year, we can leave all the baggage of the old year behind us and travel or journey into the future. Hopefully, it will be a bright future. And it's important to think of journeys, not only our own individual journeys, but also our journeys together as a community of faith. And I know as a church, like Julie said, you have been on a journey in search of a new minister to replace Peter. And now you are looking forward at the beginning of this year to travel together with this minister as the Spirit may lead you. As George Eliot famously said, it's always possible to begin new things with a new man. Even begin to be good yourself. And so, I wish you well and blessings as you both seek service and growth in the years ahead. Our gospel passage this morning for this Epiphany Sunday is indeed a wonderful and a marvelous passage talking about the journey of the Magi. And it brings rather to a conclusion this series of traveling with the Magi which you have been following for six weeks since the beginning of Advent. So far, you have reflected in a series of sermons the significance of the gifts which were brought to the small baby in Bethlehem because as David said in the first sermon of Advent, each of the three gifts is loaded with meaning and symbolism. And then you traveled with Joseph and Mary 
from Nazareth to Bethlehem for the census where the baby was born. A new post on Christmas Day to hear St. Luke's rendition of the angels singing the good news to the shepherds. And then last week, you risked your life in the hostile Judean wilderness as you fled in haste to escape the massacre of innocent to Egypt. So this week, we are going to go back a bit and journey together with the Magi back to Bethlehem, back to the stable where the baby was born, where it all began when God decided to make his dwelling among us as a baby. This is the meaning of epiphany. The revelation, all unveiling, if you will, of Jesus Christ to the world. Hitherto, Jesus only existed as a prophecy. And in the desire and in the minds of the oppressed children of Israel, whose song of lament was, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and redeem captive Israel. So these wise magi, their work, as we said before, was to study the stars. They were looking for an activity of God in the world. And when they noticed an activity in the form of a star, they took off across the desert in the wilderness and the star led them to Bethlehem. When the poet uh, Henry Wordsworth read Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus, he responded in a fantastic poem entitled The Three Kings. I'll read you the first paragraph. It's brilliant. Listen to this. And the three kings rode through the gate and the guard, through the silent street, till their horses turned and neighed as they entered the great inland. But the windows were closed and the doors were barred, and only a light in the stable burned. And cradled there in the scented hay, in the air made sweet by the breath of the kine, the little child in the manger lay, the child who would be king one day of a kingdom not human but divine. Good, ain't it? In a lot of narratives, the three wise men are depicted as having distinct racial features. Melchior as European, Balthasar as African, and Caspar as Asian. And they represent people from all over the world coming to seek Jesus. And their journey to Bethlehem fulfills Isaiah's vision of Gentiles coming to seek the Messiah with gifts on camels to help rebuild the city. And we take great joy 
to see that right at the beginning of St. Matthew, he acknowledges that Gentiles came to worship and to mark the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. Now, Epiphany presents us with a fresh new opportunity to share the good news of God among us, irrespective of age, economic status, gender, or ethnicity. Epiphany tells us that for God, there are no outsiders or foreigners. And in spite of our physical or cultural differences, we are all children of the same father. The church has always taken this passage as an acknowledgement of the fact that the word of God has always been celebrated by the entire world and that the coming of Jesus was not for the Jews only, but for everybody. Where Matthew may be taking us, rather also is to affirm that God can meet us where we are. God can be able to bring us from whatever paths that we follow into the path of Jesus. One of the few things that we celebrate in our congregations, local churches, is to see people giving faith testimonies that are led by God. Some people from childhood inch their way slowly and slowly towards God. Others find a dramatic conversion like Paul of Tarsus on his way to Damascus. You might find a young man coming to church with a questionable motive because there's a beautiful young lady who is in the choir. And then slowly by slowly, you find the young man ending up in the pulpit preaching. Yes, true, indeed. The Lord does still continue to work in ways that astound us. These wise men teach us that it is impossible to predict the way God can bring us to Jesus. They also teach us by the way they come to worship the baby and by the way they live after worshiping Jesus and giving him present. And King Herod, his shadow looms large at the back of everything else. King Herod doesn't see the good news in Jesus' birth. In fact, he thinks Jesus is a problem to his rule and to his family line. And so he takes the stupid decision of trying to oppose or to hold back God's intended purpose. Now friends, it's no human being, not even the beasts of the world, can thwart God's holy intended purpose. And so Herod, with a fake smile on his face and malicious intent in his heart, invites the Magi to come and have some mulled wine and mince pie, claiming that 
he too wants to see the baby and worship him. Now, Herod here represents all those leaders who claim a noble purpose in life, but act out of selfish interest and greed. When he claims that he wants to pay homage to Jesus, he becomes the ancestor of all evil leaders, dictators, and crooked leaders who have used religion over the years to gain control and exert pressure on the masses. And his cunning plan would have worked if it was not for God speaking to the Magi in a way that they could only understand. In a dream, God appears to the Magi and tells them to take a different route away from Herod. Matthew writes, and they went home by, to their country by a different road. Now, if you ask me, this is what we call civil disobedience to the rule of an authoritarian king. They disobeyed deliberately. And likewise, similarly, when we wake up from kneeling before Jesus, we wake up to be able to resist the evils of the world. When we wake up from kneeling in front of Jesus, even if we only knelt in our hearts, we wake up strengthened to be able to resist the corruption, the injustice, and the oppression that is in the world. Today, as we stand at the threshold of a brand new year, looking ahead to yet untraveled journeys, we are invited, each and every one of us, to go back on that road with the Magi. We are asked to take a road which is not traveled, a road that may be lonely, a road that may be treacherous. If we really want to worship that baby in the manger with a clear conscience, then we must take the high road. We must be able and ready to make actual sacrifices. To quit jobs that exist to exploit others. To turn away from habits that harm us and hurt those whom we love. To forgive those who say things and truth which hurt us, particularly when that truth is a truth that we don't want to hear. To welcome those whom we least desire. To give to those we do not think that they are needy. And to stand up and be counted when that act of standing up by itself may be dangerous and may be the end of everything that you relish and put treasure on on this earth. Revolutions, ladies and gentlemen, are the cumulative effect of individual acts of defiance. What each and every one of us does really matters in the final count. 
Can you just imagine how different history would be today if all those soldiers sent in the Third Reich by Hitler to go and massacre the Jews decided to go a different road? When we rise up from kneeling before Jesus, our king, as the Magi did, we rise up to travel a different road. A separate road that is untrodden by the evils of this world. Epiphany, ladies and gentlemen, is a reflection of the light of Jesus Christ into this world. And his birth in Bethlehem, witnessed by the three magi, announces the arrival of this light and hope in our darkened world. These three magi saw a bright light in the sky understood its meaning and followed it to Bethlehem. The accuracy of this narrative may be vague, but its message is crystal clear. This is a narrative about the revelation of Jesus Christ into the world and more about how different ways in which this revelation is in interpreted. These three magi walked for ages through wilderness and desert until they searched and found God. What does that tell you and me? That each and every one of us must search for God. And we cannot rest like the Magi did not rest until we find God. Wherever your travels may take you in 2014. My prayers for you. My sincere prayers for you as individuals and as a church. Are that your travels will lead you. To the Christ child in the Bethlehem of your hearts, your homes, your villages, and your cities. Happy New Year.